All right. We're rolling. Welcome back to the Soul of Jarrett podcast, everyone. We got a special guest. Evan Britton is in the building. I'm in his <laughs> building. How you doing, man? I'm excellent, dude. It's great to be here with you. Yeah. Yeah. The book release party. Yes, sir. Um, so Evan just came out with his came out yesterday, right? That's right. Uh, what day is it? It's Friday. Official release day was on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Uh, today we're doing the book launch party mm-hmm. with friends and family, and uh, it's a lot of fun, man. Super exciting. This is like a lifetime in the making. The book. Yeah, the yeah. book. And uh, it's just, I feel really proud and grateful to be able to share this with people that's amazing yeah so a lifetime in the making yeah how do, how does that it's just a, a culmination of all of your life experiences so the ebb and flow basic tools to transform your life uh i guess we can begin with the name the ebb and flow for as long as i can remember every team i've ever been on somewhere between ebb and flow and pearl jams even flow Mm. there was always me yeah and uh for as long as i can remember teammates have always said called me the ebb and flow ebb and flow Mm. from across the locker room yep and um when i was coming out of the experience with hot boxing and everyone was saying me ebb you got to start your own podcast that name, that title just came floating back into my consciousness. And I was like, oh, my podcast is going to be called The Ebb and Flow. What else? Exactly. <laughs> so The Ebb and Flow is really, it's my ethos. It's my way of living. It's mm-hmm. my program. It's um, everything I believe in wrapped up into a self-realization, life optimization program. Mm. And so this book tells the story of my life from childhood through the NFL, how I emerged physically, mentally, and emotionally destroyed, and the tools I used to put myself back together in life after sports. Mm. Um, so it's really, uh, it's, it, it is my life story. It's wow. everything I've been through. Not everything, but some of the defining moments. Mm. You know, I wanted to make something that was super accessible. Mm -hmm. I wanted to... I don't really... I think that we've got plenty of master level people in the biohacking world, Mm. in the wellness world. You've got the Ben Greenfields and the Dave Asprey's and the Joe Rogan's and... um, all of the numerous, you know, Andrew Huberman, mm. and, you know, the neuroscience wizard. And um, you've got all these incredible people putting out very high level information. Dr. Rhonda Patrick, mm. people who I've really learned a lot from. And I wanted to distill it down mm-hmm. for the layman, mm-hmm. for people who are just looking to feel better. And looking to be more clear and looking to tune deeper into who they are and what their truth is. And that's really what this book is all about. That's amazing. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, I'm stoked for you to read it. You have another book out, right? So what's the difference? What was uh, that? I haven't read it. I'm not a big reader. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's all good. Um, 
the first book I put out with my brother is called A Life Worth Dying For. Mm. And that was spawned by the psychological climate that made itself known through COVID. Mm -hmm. And what I was seeing in the places where I was and where I lived in Los Angeles and this very heavy vibration of fear that seemed mm. to permeate all of life and mm. everywhere we'd go and every store you go into every person you cross while walking down the street uh, cross paths with and so I wanted to that book really came out of a it was a, a dialogue that my brother and I had just talking about getting out of this fear state mm. and how fear is such a destructive mechanism for the human animal mm. especially in modernized civilization because mm -hmm. there really isn't much that we have to fear mm -hmm. right we're not out in the jungle anymore we're not out on the savanna and have to protect <coughs> ourselves from predators mm -hmm. yet our mind is still heavily tuned to the fear vibration mm -hmm. the reptilian mind we have yeah. this thing in our brain it's called the amygdala it's the reptilian brain it's our fight or flight response it's the it's the sympathetic nervous system mm -hmm. part of our central nervous system and so things that we do throughout our days without even realizing it mouth breathing mm -hmm. looking at our phones constantly constantly tuned into screens uh, the low hum of anxiety of all the emails and the meetings and mm. the phone calls and the relationships, all the things that we have, the processed foods, you know, all of the, the chemicals we're ingesting through our environment and our food and our water. We're living in this constant state of fear, this yeah. low hum of fear. And that book and this book in particular is really about establishing a lifestyle that gets you out of that fear state. Mm -hmm. It gets you into the Godhead, <laughs> out of the reptilian brain and into the Godhead, into your prefrontal cortex, into your executive decision-making, into your highest self through breath work exercises, meditation, movement, nutrition, plant medicine, prayer, affirmation, reprogramming the mind. Mm. Um, but so A Life Worth Dying For was really a conversation about if you're living a life in fear, are you living a life mm. that's even worth living? Mm. And what does it mean to live a life worth dying for? Mm. I want to live a life that I'm so excited and proud and passionate about that I would literally give my life mm. in defense of it. Mm -hmm. And we don't live like that anymore. No. You know? Ancient cultures, they would be willing to die. My mom, from the time I was uh, playing football, freshman year of high school, before every game, my mom would say to me, it's a good day to die. Oof. And it just, it <laughs> lit me up. Wow. You know? That is powerful. And that's an ancient um, <clears throat> Abenaki war cry, mm. is, it's a, is it's a good day to die. Mm. Because we're living so in the moment. We're mm. living so passionately and so full of life. 
that we're willing to give our life mm. in defense of it and in defense of our family <laughs> and our loved ones and our community mm-hmm. because it means so much to us. Right. So that was what that book was really about. Now, this book, The Ebb and Flow, is really coagulating and an amalgamation of all the tools that are truly ancient techniques. This is nothing new. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm simply, I even say it here, um, ancient techniques distilled down to the nuts and bolts to help you optimize your life and live in your highest greatness. Boom. You know, these are ancient techniques that people throughout human history have utilized to access the highest aspect of themselves um so that's what that's really how i view my life yeah is is just this mission to uplift humanity one person at a time yep you know yeah just making a ripple that's it yeah the ripples go out forever yep you know yep because you never know, man. I mean, just walking down the street, when you go and get a cup of coffee, the smile you have on your face when you cross paths with someone or when you ask the person who's getting your coffee how their day's going and you give them just that little emanation of positive energy. Yeah. And that makes them feel a little bit better in their heart. Mm-hmm. And then they go out into their day and into their lives and cross paths with all the people they do. And they bring that energy with them. And then those people carry it out and so on and so on. Right. And before you know it, I mean, your <laughs> smile made its way across the planet and did a little bit of good. Yeah. And this is real. And that adds it's up. It's quantifiable. Yeah. You know, it matters. One of my favorite things is snapping, because especially like out in the town, like you said, going to a coffee shop or something like that, we're kind of in this haze all day, especially when we're in the workplace, especially when we're, you know, I'm looking at Venice down here, you know, everybody's walking quickly. They got somewhere to be, they got someone to see, and they got something going on. They don't have time for for you or whatever, but just snapping people out of the mundane routine that we get in like the per- the lady at the coffee shop she's taken order after order after order for yeah. 8 hours yeah. you know just with those little uh, superficial good things how are you you know but it's a, if you can really look at someone and make them feel seen and like hey i see that you're a human being Absolutely. too it, it's a it, that it's Absolutely. one of my favorite things it it's, lights me up we can't lose sight of that yeah we can't lose we can't take that for granted. Mm. We've we've done enough to disrupt our natural connection to each other. Right. This is the age we're moving into the age of love, guys. Hundred <laughs> percent. For real. Yep. We're moving into the age of love. And what does that mean? You know, that's not some some fucking light and butterflies and buttercups and lovey-dovey you know romance movie bullshit Mm -hmm. that's love is god love is the ultimate creative force of the entire universe when you boil it all down and i've really it's interesting that we've gotten into this We've gotten into this vein here, and I'm looking at your hat. It says, love everyone. Yeah. And I love it. We're both wearing Ram Dass hats. Yeah, I love it, dude. <laughs> of course we are. Because we're emissaries of uh, Neem Karoli. 100%. You know? I've been having dreams of Maharaji. It's amazing. Have you? Yeah. I've had I've had some pretty um, 
some pretty crazy feelings and and that kind of that's interesting you say that yeah it's a powerful being absolutely dude yeah absolutely and he still and lingers here's a guy that we've never met yeah and his presence is felt in my in my life big time yeah and i'm reading this book i'm reading being ramdas right uh -huh. now amazing book yeah and um talks a lot about maharaji mm. and i've really been on this trip that has been so revolutionary for me You know, we spend so much time thinking love is this external thing that we're going to get from somebody else. Mm -hmm. Young love, immature love is this thing that we're going to find love. We're going to find love in another person. Yep. In that perfect <laughs> other being who's going to make us whole mm -hmm. and fill our heart with the thing that we're missing. Never let us down. Complete <laughs> us. You, we've all seen Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Yeah. We've heard the line, man. Yep. You know? And this is such a small, such a reduced version of the truth of love. Mm. Love is something that is so profound. God is love. And for me, this process has started truly, I mean, God knows how can we put the, how can we put a finger or point on where this process has started, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> uh, but if, if I have to put it on one tangible thing that I've come into, it would be David Hawkins' book, Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. Mm. And in that book, that book is all about coming to terms with the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts, the sensations that arise in this thing mm. and not turning away from it the mm. way we do and today we have a thousand ways a million infinite ways to turn away from anything that's happening inside of us yep. we've got our phone we've got instagram we've got work we've got phone calls food jacking <laughs> off food drink alcohol drugs yep. weed all the stuff the pills whatever it is we've got infinite ways mm. to turn away from what's happening inside but when you take the miraculous step of starting to take full accountability for yourself and your life and coming to terms with who you are and having compassion for that being and you start to surrender to the feelings and the emotions that happen inside of you happiness sadness grief anger despair dread all of these things that arise in us and you allow yourself to just be with it mm. just to experience it and you begin the process of feeling your feelings mm -hmm. this whole paradigm shift begins and that's really where it began with me because i started this process of feeling my feelings and allowing whatever was happening inside of me to just happen. Mm -hmm. And coinciding with this realization that love was not something outside of myself, but love was something inside. Yeah. And what about loving yourself, mm -hmm. man? Loving everything that happens inside of here. Mm -hmm. Game changer. Love is. It's about removing the bullshit, stopping it from being. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. we are love. Exactly. You are love. 
Exactly. It's just about recognizing all of the stuff stopping that from expressing itself in yes. its purest form. Yes. You know, a big part... Oh, kicking the table here. A big, <laughs> a big part of... L- like you're talking about being with the feeling and, instead of pushing it away. A big realization for me was I kind of had to go through this process of realizing, okay, I am not my mind. I'm not my feelings. I'm not my body, right? My consciousness is an infinite fractal of the universe, right? So, but that even led to pain when I had the separateness between my body, my being and my consciousness. So what, what I had to do was kind of start this process of coming back into my into my body bringing my consciousness back i felt very aloof for Mm. a long time Uh when i first kind of went down um this path yeah and i really like just gave up on all of my uh worldly responsibilities i was just so aloof in the fact that oh i am infinite but the truth of the matter is i took the body Mm. i took the life to do things here in this earth so when you you don't want to check out from that but it's, it's been this fine line of not checking out and using the excuse that my soul is infinite and then also realizing I'm not the feelings still. Right. But I can be with them and observe them from a neutral place. Absolutely. And not be consumed by it or not attach yourself to it. Right. And I think that comes back to things that Ram Dass would say about honoring your incarnation. Definitely. And honoring your dharma and your karma mm-hmm. in this body. Mm-hmm. You chose this life. I'm reading an incredible book by Neil Donald Walsh right now mm-hmm. called Conversations with God. Mm. Profound book. And this guy, he was in a rut, completely unhappy, miserable, in despair in his life. And he just started writing one day. Mm-hmm angrily asking God these questions and he said he was about to basically throw the pen across the room when something just held his hand at the paper and he started transcribing channeling God straight through him directly from the source and it just started answering these questions wow and when you read it you're reading it and you go I've had conversations with this, with this source Mm -hmm. energy. Because it's just, it's super clean. It's the no bullshit part of you. Yeah. That's totally loving. Yep. And doesn't give a fuck either. That's it. You know? Yep. (laughs) And he talks about in there the purpose that we took these lives, we took these bodies, and the purpose was to evolve. Mm Mm-hmm. Was to transcend. Um... This camera got maybe a little... Oh. We might... <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Um, I know. But honoring your incarnation is a really important part of the piece of the puzzle. And because you're right, you know, we did take these bodies, we did take this life for a very definite purpose, which was to evolve. Mm to transcend to grow as a soul this soul there's no better place to remember than right here on this physical plane on planet earth yeah remember who you are your magnificence your your godness and 
that has been a big leap for me on my spiritual path because I came to this point where I recognize I'm a man of God, I'm a man of faith, I'm a man of spirit. And my whole life is about following that energy, vibration, inner guide, mm -hmm. whatever we want to call it. Higher self. Higher self. Yeah. But I found myself in this place where I was like, God, okay, God, we're, can you help me with this next week? <laughs> you know? And God doesn't work like that. Yeah. Because ultimately you are God. Mm -hmm. We are God. I am God. God in the Bible said, set no gods before me. Mm -hmm. That's literal. Yeah. Set no gods before me. Yeah. That's not talking about some, you know, old man with a beard up in the universe. That's yep. set no gods before me. Mm-hmm me say it to yourself right now set no gods before me. me and that's that's who we are yeah and that voice that inner guide that vibration that's always calling you forth telling you where to go nudging you suggesting what the next step is that's your god source yeah you yeah um and that was a big leap for me because I was stuck in this rut of like, okay, the sky's going to open up one day. God's going to come down and he's going to make my life happen. Yeah. Were you a Christian? No. Okay. So did you ever have any like religious beliefs before you? Uh... No, I was always, you know, my mother's a yogi. My father is a, is a unacknowledged shaman, medicine yeah. man himself. And I was chatting with him just now. Yeah. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. And. <laughs> There was never an a religious ideology in our household. We mm. went to church a handful of times. Mm -hmm. Our family background is Episcopalian mm. Christian, um, but it wasn't something that our family life was centered around. But there was always this understanding of spirit, of higher power, yeah. of a guiding force to life mm -hmm. and I always felt that intuitively mm -hmm. I mean I look back from the time I was a little kid and I always had this sense that there was this energy that moved through me and through my life mm -hmm. and was guiding me all the way yeah you know um, when you were playing football oh, um, yeah still good when you were playing football in the NFL did you do you ever feel like you lost or became more separated from that inner guide because you know i've heard you talk a lot about the anti-inflammatories the different you know the adderall and all that stuff and i'm a very sensitive guy i can't even take an ibuprofen oh. and looking at you now i can't picture you you know taking medications like this yeah uh, i took it all brother yeah <laughs> do you do you feel like that kind of quieted that inner voice or maybe maybe distracted you or moved you away from it it tried to uh -huh. i tried to yeah but there's no suppressing God. Man. Yeah. You know, you, we can try all day. Yeah. There's no suppressing the higher self. There's mm. no suppressing your innate God nature, your destiny path. Mm -hmm. There's no suppressing escaping that. Yeah. People will kill themselves, literally take themselves to the grave, trying to suppress it. True. And... <laughs> um. I wasn't, 
I was just on the warrior path. I believed my life was... I believed the glory... I believe the glory of my life was found in warriorhood. Mm-hmm. In the battle. Yeah. On the football field. Um, so, in that belief, I was willing to do whatever it took yeah. to stay on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Take the pills, tape it up, fight through immense amounts of pain and suffering. And mm-hmm. When my body was... We're right here on Abbott Kinney, y'all. It's yeah. popping off. <laughs> Venice on a Friday and night. It's popping <laughs> off. It's fun, though. Yeah. Um, but, man, I, w- I wanted to say something that was right there. Yeah, and that guy came bumping by. Um, <laughs> so, wait a minute. You wanted to stay on the battlefield. I wanted to stay on the battlefield. I was willing to do whatever it took to yeah. stay on the battlefield. Um and your body is giving you these undeniable signs of please stop we Mm. need rest we need time to recover and recuperate Mm. and you're constantly denying that message Mm -hmm. popping the pills taping it up strapping on the stuff the helmet the the harnesses the knee braces getting back on the field over and over again and you do that for 10 plus years for me it was 15 years basically from the time i was 13 years old until i was 28 Mm. through high school college the nfl constantly doing that year in year out in this crazy cycle of denying of denial Mm -hmm. truly which is one of the the major ailments of human existence right now denial and judgment Mm. because through denial we inhibit our natural connection to divine will Mm. which is that thing Mm. going ebb it's time to stop yeah finally i got that message Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know ebb it's okay if you're done now yeah it was my last year in chicago I'd been in Chicago. It was my second year in Chicago. It was my sixth year in the NFL. I had had back injury, back surgery. I had an infection in the discs, needed eight weeks of intravenous antibiotics. I had Mm. shoulder surgery, reconstructed shoulder. My last year in Chicago, my appendix exploded during the bye week. I failed a drug test for Ritalin. And the universe, I got the message. It was so loving, and it was like a whisper. It yeah. was like, Ebb, it's okay, okay to be done. Yeah. Huh? And I was like, okay. Wow. All right. You know? Yeah. And I was done. Yeah. Do you think that extra, the extra push, it was, I mean, I'm sure you don't have any regrets on your life. Right? Or No, not no. at all. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. I, I mean, I've you were always, a warrior. Yeah, I've it, always been doing yeah. the best I could. Yep. This guy has been in here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not to this extent. Mm-hmm. But this guy has always been here. And I've always given it everything I had. Mm-hmm. I haven't always been as conscious mm-hmm. and awake as I would have liked to have been. Yes. Done a lot of damage. Hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
but I've also had the profound gift of being able to make amends for my mistakes, yeah. finding forgiveness for myself, mm-hmm. asking forgiveness from others, forgiving other people. Mm-hmm. What a profound thing. Yeah. Man. That's like a fucking miracle of God, yeah. of life. Makes you excited about life Absolutely, going forward. Man. Absolutely. And you're young. I'm still you know, young, dude. I feel not like not as young as me, but <laughs> <laughs> how old are you? Twenty three. Oh shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and you have a baby. I had a baby at twenty four. My daughter's ten years old now. Oh, that's awesome. What a trip, man. Yeah. Um and what a blessing. Yeah. Like, you know, I was talking to my dad. My dad drove in from Arizona. My dad lived in Brooklyn, New York for forty years. And during COVID he he got out and wow. went to Tucson. I went to school at the University of Arizona in Tucson. Um, what a shift. Yeah, massive <laughs> shift. Crazy shift. Uh, my dad's an artist. But he came out here for the party and he said, Eb, it's like you've lived a thousand lives. Yeah. And I'm like, Dad, I feel like that. Yep. I feel like I've lived a thousand lives. Yeah. Um... And I love it. Yeah. I'm so, life is such a gift, man. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> I cry like once a day at uh, least. Yeah, just because I'm, and I don't even always know what I'm crying about. Yeah. I'm just, it's tears of gratitude and yep. fucking love and uh, what an experience. Yeah. And that's really what this book is about, man. What my whole thing, anything that I do, all I give a fuck about doing with my time on this planet is to impart upon people the magnificence of their life of Mm. their human existence yeah because through this technology as great as it is man this is an incredible tool we're recording this conversation it's going to go out on the platforms and be distributed to millions and millions of people around the planet Mm. who can listen to this thing yeah amazing amazing social media that we can all connect and have this like weird global community as dysfunctional and fucked up as it is yeah it's also really beautiful it it exists through covid (laughs) i've met my fucking soul tribe man like we would not be connected if it hadn't been for social media right exactly um or podcasts you know yeah and all of this stuff is great but we need to understand what it is, the pitfalls of it, mm-hmm. how it can become a detriment to our lives, an energy suck rather than an energy giver. Right. And that's why we need, we're in this time, man, as we venture into the age of love, as we begin to, to take these baby steps into this new age, this new era of human existence, which we truly are in. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, man, but I feel like I stepped through a fucking portal about 18 months ago. Yeah. Life is a new thing now. 100%. And I feel that. <laughs> part of moving forward is we need to come back to our roots. Yeah. The things that amplify our human magnificence. Mm. Breathing properly. Yeah. Meditation. Prayer. Affirmation. Rewiring the programming of your mind. Mm-hmm. Knowing that exercise is a really important thing yeah moving your body in some form or fashion getting out into nature out in the sunlight yes 
feeling your feet in the sand, the ocean, the forest, the mountains, wherever it is, yeah. get out there. The gr- your front yard. Your front yard. Yeah. Even better, man. Yeah. Get in your yard barefoot. Yep. Nothing better Game than changer. that. Game changer. I've been changer. on this for like a – it's changed my life. It is, The man. grounding. I live in Ohio. It's cold. No light. There's a little patch by my by my back where the snow doesn't quite reach. Uh-huh. And when the sun comes up in the morning, I uh-huh. go stand on that little patch. It's 20 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, I got dude. no shirt on, and I'm standing the cold on that exposure, little... bro. It's amazing. Wim Hof changed my life about two and a half Wim two Hoff, years ago. He he really he's a he did a beautiful thing by bringing his that practice to the yeah. West. I'm gonna get him on the podcast. Definitely. That 100. percent Definitely, bro. <laughs> understanding that the food you put into your body is so important yes it's everything you are what you eat you are what you eat truly and in this day and age where we have access to literally fucking any food you could possibly think of and a lot of shit that's being sold as food that's not food food like substances in boxes (laughs) that's made of chemicals yep you need to understand this stuff is not nourishing your body you need to nourish this thing this thing needs to be nourished not a judgment at all. I have a lot of compassion because I've been there. But walk around any metropolitan area in any part of the world. A lot of people are in really bad shape. Yeah. Yep. Physically, you can tell mentally and emotionally, energetically. Mm-hmm. They look gray. Mm-hmm. They look tired. They look weak. Mm-hmm. And it's really, uh, honestly... It is a it's a manifestation of the culture we've been brought up in. Mm-hmm. We take it for granted. Yeah, we can't take it for granted anymore, man. Yeah, this is there's nothing more special than this life. Yeah, there's nothing more special than this opportunity to be a fucking human being. Yeah, you got to take care the body. The body should be worshipped and and and. And treated like a palace, Absolutely. like a temple. This is your temple. Bro. It's your experience. Absolutely. What your is body- that camera going still? <laughs> it's shut, but it's okay. We're got we're rolling <laughs> okay, on here. Okay. I don't know why it's shut. It must have died. It's all That's good. why I have two going. Good man. <laughs> no good. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, we're good. We're but absolutely. This is the temple, man. Yeah. This is the temple of God. Yeah. You know. Yep. That's why Jesus walked into the temple and flipped the fucking tables when the priests and were selling all the shit and yeah. making money and turning it into this profit. Yep. He was like, this is bullshit. It's all right here. This isn't what it is. No. I really, I'm a big fan of Jesus. Yeah. Whatever, you know, your thoughts are on him, whether he was a mythological character or a real man, I, uh-huh. th- I believe there's absolutely a real person. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Um... But the whole Jesus, his gift to humanity was that he brought God within. Mm-hmm. He showed us that God was inside of us. Yes. Have you read this book, The Secret History of the World? I have not read that book. You should listen no. to the audio book at least. Man. Okay. Is it, is it it's by stuff Mark about Jesus? Booth. It's a lot about... Jesus is in there throughout. Gotcha. But it's basically a look at the history of the world through the ancient mystery schools. The Mm. Freemasons, the Golden Dawn, the Rosicrucians. Mm. And these mystery schools, they date back to ancient Egypt. That's where this symbol came from, the all-seeing eye. Mm. That's a symbol of the metaphysical force that is the human being. Mm -hmm. The fire, the creation. You know, and so... 
what these what it, what he talks about in this book is the evolution of consciousness over time and we read greek mythology and we think oh how interesting they tell these stories about speaking to gods and hearing nymphs and fairies whispering in their ear and mm -hmm. having these relationships with demigods and and we look at that as some sort of parable or uh, myth. Yeah. But for them, he argues that consciousness thousands of years ago was much more fluid. Mm. And we had a much more fluid connection with interdimensional beings. Mm -hmm. Gods, fairies, angels, all of these beings. Yes. And people would actually commune with them. Yes. But through the concretization of consciousness, mm. through the materialization, mm. where it became, no, this table is real. Yeah. This building is real. Nothing we can't see is real. Right. If we can't see it, it's not real. Right. So what he argues in there is through this materialization of consciousness, we've lost sense of external gods but what jesus christ did as the son of god right the son god truly mm -hmm. he brought planted the seed of the son of god in the heart of man mm -hmm. and said no you don't have to go anywhere else outside of you for god god is within you at all times mm -hmm. and that's a really profound shift yeah and it's one that weirdly in the west seems to be People are very scared of God, yeah. this idea of God. Yeah. You know, I was raised Christian. Uh-huh. You know, going to church every Sunday. Uh-huh. I played the drums at church every Sunday. Interesting, dude. And, dude, my, I mean, my family believes that heaven and hell are physical destinations uh -huh. and that Jesus is literally the son of God, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And hey, that, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. It's, it, it doesn't align with with how, it's just been an interesting thing for me uh -huh. over the last few years yeah. to realize this isn't what I this doesn't ring true to me. Right. And what we're talking about here, I've I've you know, I've I love listening to Alan Watts talk about this and kind of break this down. Yeah. And, you know, just even the whole term son of God. Uh huh. And when you talk about Jesus, he's having a spiritual awakening. And you can only describe your experience through the language that you understand, right? right? He's saying, I'm the son of God. He's saying, I'm the nature uh -huh. of God. Like yeah. you're a son of a bitch, you know? Uh -huh. You're not literally the son of a, <laughs> your mom's not a bitch. You are the nature of a bitch, right? It's it's a similar thing. Interesting. Yeah, it, that's uh, so that's something Alan Watts was talking about that really clicked for me one time, and, and just lots of other things, and just the whole Jesus narrative has been so shifted. And sometimes I'll even go to church. I'll go back to church. I don't go anymore, but I'll go and I'll check out a new church or something. Uh -huh. And the message will be very inspiring. Yeah. But then at the end, they say, and the only key to your salvation is to give it up to Jesus. Right. And I, that's where I kind of go, okay, right. this was an inspiring message, but the salvation lies within. Yeah. Jesus would tell you, don't, don't put it on me. Don't, yeah. don't say Jesus is going to save me. Say, I'm going to save myself and I'm going to use Jesus as a reflection in which I 
can can do so. That's just the way I look at it. Absolutely. Jesus said, I am the way. Yeah. He never said, guys, this is the fucking way. You got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I am the way. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means live from your heart center. Live from your God essence. Mm. You know, go where you're called. Go where you're compelled to go and live your life with compassion and love, you know? Yeah. It's not about something that you have to follow. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus is the man. He's the man. Yeah. You know, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk to you about is obviously hot boxing was a big time in your life, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Shift, total yeah. shift. You went yeah. from NFL player to now you're a, a podcaster, yeah. which is pretty epic. Yeah. And, you know, the last time that I really heard you kind of talk about that whole situation, the parting, because now you're doing your own thing and things are really blossoming for you. But the last time I heard you talk about it was on Mike's podcast. Uh-huh. And it was all very fresh then. Uh-huh, yeah. And now having some time to reflect on it, you've got your own things blooming and coming into fruition. Yeah. Have you had any, like, new insights or realizations or... What are what do you what are your feelings on that whole split? Because I know it was kind of a weird thing how how it ended. Yeah. Um. And you didn't get much closure from what it sounded like. Yeah. I don't know, man. I love Mike to death. Still, I haven't seen him in a long time. Um, but it was an incredible experience for me. Very healing experience for mm. me to spend that time with Mike and. Mm to see an alpha male who's been in literal hell and mountainous highs mm. just be willing to go through the process of picking himself up yeah. again and again and dusting himself off and just taking one more step one more breath yeah and Mike is really a monk in that way. Yeah. You know, he's a very, he's a completely spiritually inclined being. And his whole life is his art. Yeah. And love him or hate him, I love him to death. Um, there's that clip that's that's been pretty, It's I think it's gone viral like a handful of times now. But it's where I'm crying and I'm telling Mike he had to go through that yeah to change the world was that the cyborg yeah the yeah. cyborg episode yeah. and because Mike came into that episode and he had just done the toad for like the fifth or sixth time and he was really fucked up yeah he was basically saying I'm a piece of shit my life is not worth living I don't know how I can go on living with myself mm given what I've done and I had to just say to him in that moment Mike you had to go through all of that and come to this place so that you could share that insight with people men in particular around the world who are in dire need of connection of forgiving themselves for all the shit that they've done. Yeah. And it was really transformative for me too, man, you know, cuz I've I've made a lot of mistakes in my life that I have 
felt were unforgivable mm. and been unwilling to forgive myself for shit and to meet Mike and spend time with him it was just very powerful to spend time with another alpha male who had gone through something similar mm. on a much bigger level yeah who was still standing yeah <laughs> and still breathing and still able to find love and forgive himself and make amends to other people you know and that's really the thing in life is we just all it is is continuing to show up mm. continuing to show up no matter what's going down man how fucked up it is how dark it is because every moment that you're alive and breathing is a moment and opportunity to transcend it all mm. and to grow and evolve and to become that highest being that you were destined to be from mm. the moment you came out of your mother's womb mm. every moment that you're alive is a new opportunity a fresh moment to be that greatest version of yourself mm. and you could turn it around like that yeah you know Mm. and that's, that's really such a powerful message yeah that's like that's 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 it that's it man dude I, I was reading some of the comments and people on one of your videos um talking about just take a breath you know and that was that was part of the video and i saw some people kind of taking on taking a breath doesn't do shit yeah. evan Britton. <laughs> yeah so, so something i was thinking about a lot about a lot about on the drive down was conscious breathing mm. how just taking a breath might not do anything for you but when you attach consciousness mm. behind that breath how it can actually change you absolutely man i would disagree with those people too though. yeah because just the physical act of breathing properly yeah does a lot for your body well people comment when you use the word breathing properly yeah people comment on there i was combing through the TikTok. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. People comment on their uh, <laughs> stuff like, um, oh, I don't even know how to breathe properly. Or, oh, this is bullshit. You know, right. you, there's a proper way to breathe. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is actually. Yeah. Once again, going back to that idea that you are not your mind, your mind will convince you that you're in chaos. Mm. You could be in a, a white walled room with no one else there. And you could be convinced you're in hell. Yeah. There could be nothing happening to you. Yeah. So what then? Are you going to believe your mind and believe that you're in hell and stay in that state of hell? Mm. You can for yeah. as long as you want. That's your choice. But through the breath, you can actually convince your mind otherwise via the physiological mechanism of breathing in and out through your nose mm. and literally you change your physiology yep. through your breath yep so scientifically this mm -hmm. isn't just some fucking new age spiritual woo woo bullshit right this is scientific mm -hmm. this is an ancient technology the yes. breath yes breathing properly <laughs> If you spend all day going like this, uh, 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 which most of those guys probably are who say, oh, it's bullshit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, well, you're stuck in fight or flight, bro. Go drink your six pack 
<laughs> and smoke your cigs because it's not working for you, you know? Right. And, hey, that's cool. Do that, too. Yeah. But know that when you're ready, just changing the way you breathe will have unbelievable effects on your life. Boom. That's right. Because it has a physiological response. It takes you out of the sympathetic nervous system, puts you into the parasympathetic nervous system, gets yep. you out of the reptilian brain and into the godhead, the prefrontal cortex. And that's real. Boom. Dude, I could talk about the breath all night, but it's getting dark. Yeah, bro. Got to get ready for this party. Yeah, man. Thanks, Jarrett. Yep. Happy to be here, brother. Happy to have Thanks you Thanks for here, doing man. this. Absolutely. Um, and everyone, be sure to... Get the book. We'll we'll link it uh, in the bio here on YouTube, Spotify, whatever. You can go uh, check out the Eben Flow out now on Amazon, and uh, you can follow Eben everywhere: Instagram, TikTok, right. YouTube, the Eben Flow podcast. Right? That's, and that's right. everywhere: Spotify, Apple. It's everywhere. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, awesome. man. Awesome, All right. brother. All right, everyone, check out the Eben Flow, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Oh, awesome, dude. so funny how my mind works. I'm sitting there watching you talk.